everybody. I've got Fletch Wiley. He's a multiple Grammy Devil Award winning arranger, producer, trumpet player, uh, and really longtime friend of my dad, uh, who uh, has just really been a blessing to this project. And I just want to welcome Fletch to the show. Hey, Jeff. Well, thanks for having me. And through the magic of the internet, we're doing something i don't know what we're doing yes we're doing we're, we're, we're uh we're communicating and the only way most everybody in this day and age can do right now since we're all stuck inside um but but this is this is great because I, I as we've wrapped up recording this musical for my dad and the uh cast recording um or concept album i'm calling it um we um decided well we need to get the word out and um i thought maybe i should invite everyone to tell their stories and and one day we'll get to do a live performance of this show but right now i think the first step is just to have anyone who played on the record to come and say hey to me and um so well, i think uh, it's a great idea and i'm glad you're doing it well the, well let's let's hop on the wayback machine like you said and and tell us like <laughs> when did when did the music bug hit you when when did it start for you the music bug. Uh, I grew up in Seattle, which is a great place for music, actually. And yes. one of the great things, if you travel the world, you find out that American music education is second to none. It really is good. And back in the 60s and the 50s, when I grew up, uh, I started playing trumpet when I was 10, and I absolutely loved playing trumpet. When I was 10, I knew I was going to be a musician, and uh, I just knew it. And so I applied myself a little bit, not too terribly much, but, you know, enough to where I had a great education in Seattle. My junior high band director was also a high school band director. We had big bands. We had jazz. In high school, a guy named Doc Severinsen came and stayed at my house two years in a row. Great trumpeter. Yeah, that's a night show guy. Oh, yeah. Wow. And... uh, Doc literally knows every trumpet player in the world, literally. And a great guy, great musician, and a great uh, role model for if you want to be a trumpet player. And, you know, growing up, I just, we just had lots of great stuff. Uh, Henry Mancini came to my high school. I went to the first two Stan Kenton clinics, if you know this big band guy Mm, from the. Yep, totally love Stan Kenton. 60s and 70s. And uh, that was an education. And so I had a, a, a great education. Went to North Texas, University of North Texas, a great jazz school in 1965, right out of high school. And stayed there four years. Got my um, bachelor's degree in applied music and trumpet. And they let me graduate barely. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I got the, the you go to North Texas. And it was a great education. Uh one of the good things about the 60s was if you were a great musician and you want to get out of the Vietnam War, you went to a university. And so we had lots of great musicians that were better than the faculty. And the faculty was great then to uh, play in the jazz bands there. And so uh, I, after, after college, uh, got married and had a little uh, boy after about a year and a half. But I was still using drugs and uh I did not know Jesus. So, you know, that's that was the, the seminal moment in my life was, is when I gave my life to Jesus. And God delivered me from drugs in 1971. And everything changed. Can't nobody do me, do me like Jesus. Hey, hey. Can't nobody. 
You know, I suddenly realized this was why I played music. This is why I did what I did. My eyes were open to, to a whole new world of the kingdom of God. And I had no idea what it meant, but I knew that my life was different. It was so much better. And um, so <clears throat> that's sort of a roller coaster thing. We went on the band. I was with a band with some guys, Bill Maxwell, Harlan Rogers, and Hadley Hawkinsmith. All incredible musicians. Hadley was on the road with Neil Diamond for about 35 years, and Bill produced um, Andre Crouch and uh, the Winans, and played in the band Koinonia, if you've ever heard of this yep. jazz band. Oh, yeah, Abe Laboreal. Still yeah. yeah, still produces a lot of stuff. Uh, So um, we played with Andre Crouch for about four years, and I got to arrange some of his records and Bill produced, and that was a lot of fun. And then uh, in 1976, started to do my own records, which led me to meet your dad. I think the first time was in 77 or 78 at the 700 Club in uh, Virginia Beach, which is, they did music and somehow Moose found out about this record I did for a little label called Star Song Records. And uh, uh, so he had me come. I think I remember wearing a powder blue three-piece suit, you know, with a vest and everything. Yeah, it's and, the seventies. You uh, got to. <laughs> and <clears throat> anyway, and got to play some jazz. That's what I play jazz. So um, anyway, and that was, that was great. And they had a, they had a decent band there. So these guys backed me up on some things, and uh, that was just great. You know, I've got—I mean, I've my dad still has all these pictures on the wall. You know, he's, he's got the Marvin Gaye over there, Temptations there. He's got all the Seven Hundred Club era stuff. I see this—I've always seen this picture of Fletch Wiley on the wall with the trumpet, yeah. and then of course the set of Seven Hundred Club. And yeah, so this is this was uh, mid seventies. Did you guys ever um, do shows around this time? Uh, together, my dad and you? Well, I don't think we ever did a show. Uh, he had me come down and do a record he was producing in Atlanta, I think. Yeah, I think I think you told me you you've arranged three of his albums and um, definitely played on. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did, and that that was probably one of his records. And so, um, you know, that's gosh, that's so long ago. It's it's amazing, but yeah, I did lots of music and with him. And uh, so here we are today talking about this new record. Yeah, which is which is which is it's a musical, and um, my dad actually wrote a musical back in the you know I don't know late seventies whatever, and you had a part in that I think arranging the horns for that album. Uh, oddly enough, um, another guy who's 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 on the project actually his gear is a Brett Teagarden. He was a, the bass player on that record. Yeah, uh, who now builds 
really great preamps and microphones and all sorts of DIs yeah. and and half the stuff that we use in my dad's studio is all. He's got a real job. Yeah, it's 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 fun. It's fun. I like to to be a bit of a gear guy. He had this musical idea lying around um, since the mid '80s. He when we were living here in Nashville. He wrote it and then just put it on the shelf because he got into teaching. Yeah, uh, as a lot of musicians um, do, and I think uh, and then my mom. Uh, a few years ago passed away it's, he found the bug to go look for that and get it going again and of course he asked oh, me that to, right? yeah okay. so he asked me to help him do something with it and i said well why don't we record it you know and then it it, be- it became just a demo and then we were building on top of it to where i think we decided well let's just do it for real there was a couple of numbers on this in the show that needed some slamming horn parts because it's a sort of a gospel number. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a great, it's a great tune. And I mean, the whole record is great with great singers and uh, the playing is excellent. I mean, it's funny. It's one of those things. I, I'm really glad you've done it because, uh, to me, you know, when you start with demos, you're starting kind of with a pure idea and just kind of putting something down. But that's the basis for so many great songs in the past. It's just demos. A lot of Adele's tracks on her first record were piano and vocal demos, and they just kind of added some things to it, you know. So in some ways, it's kind of like uh, it, it, it's kind of laziness for, on my part because I, I went and laid down all the acoustic guitar and then in uh, upright bass and then sang all the sort of scratch vocals. Then we started layering. In my mind, I thought, well, I'll redo all those. So a good probably seventy percent of all of the stuff I did demo wise is actually just the the tracks, the foundational tracks of the thing. Um, and that's, I guess, that's the way production's going today. I mean, and, and of course, you have a home set up, I think, right? Or, or do you have a studio that you go to? I do. Yeah. Do you? Everybody does. I, I've used Digital Performer for, for literally how many, how long now? 32 years. And being, I'm just a funky trumpet player. I'm not going to change. Okay. And they keep upgrading, and it's a great platform. So. But uh, I do a lot of, yeah, I do a lot of what I did for you guys at home here. I play flute, I play trumpet, flugelhorn, do solos for people all over, all over the world. I just finished a project for a woman in New Zealand. Uh, I think we did 15 songs for her, a kid's record. So, you know, that's the music business nowadays, is doing things long distance. And hopefully one day we'll all get back in the studio together. One day, yes. And, 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 uh, or in live, you know, which once we get out of yeah. our get out of our quarantines. So um, the the track he's alive uh, and living in my heart, which is um, it's a it's a moment in the show where uh, different cultures come together. You know, you've got the the boys from the country, you've got the the farmers here. Uh, it becomes a multiracial, multicultural moment where everyone is just kind of celebrating together. And we got uh, a choir in to the studio. I say a choir, about seven or eight people in. And we overdubbed them to sound like a choir. And my dad just barged in the session, which he hardly did, because he would just sit kind of outside of the studio and just kind of let me do whatever I was going to do. And he would, he barged in and said, I got to show them this video of Andre Crouch 
doing oh. this thing and this is what I want them to sound like and we, we popped the YouTube video on and they just all crowd around the computer like, like Jesus. you know what you probably were in that it was some live concert I don't know what it was were you did you you said you were is in the 70s that you did stuff? 72 to 76 uh it might have been after that i mean he did a lot of stuff after that without me he did a lot of tv what was that uh, like what was andre crouch like because that just seems like such oh, a it was great it was the beginning of the the jesus movement and uh god moving sovereignly all over the world by his spirit that's how i got saved i was playing a nightclub you know and i was we were in tulsa oklahoma and uh where Leon Russell lived, and his band was Eric Clapton's band, too. So, and they used to grow their own marijuana. So, we were always real excited to go there because it was really good marijuana. So, <laughs> my, my motivation. So, we had a gig with these players, all the guys that I mentioned just then, but they were, they had all become Christians and had given up drugs. And this was like five days later after I just saw them. And so it was just a, a miraculous move of God. And so I went there and I did not want to become a Christian because I knew I couldn't play jazz and become a Christian. So anyway, later, you know, we set up and played and they shared with me on the breaks and the guys that grew all the marijuana never showed up that first night. And I was kind of mad. Mm. But uh, later that night, I, I knew it was I knew I had to accept Jesus. I wanted to, but it was a struggle spiritual battle was going on and that was october of 1971 and i've never looked back so it's good see yeah it's those guys those those growers didn't show up there was a there was something <laughs> hold, there was something holding them back yeah but anyway yeah it's the holy spirit Yeah, being with Andre was just a, a wonderful experience. I had, there was nothing in my life to, to compare it to. I mean, I had played gigs with uh, just one-offs with Stevie Wonder and um, Herman's Hermits and uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes and Gladys Knight and all these bands when I was in college. But I had never experienced, you know, anything like Andre, which was just a full-on gospel show. And it was he was an incredible piano player and an incredible songwriter. I mean, I, that's we. Uh, he he died five years ago, and I was hopeful that uh, because there was a big funeral and a concert, and all these people came. Stevie came, and all these different people. just incredible songs he was an incredible songwriter and a very funny guy and uh, just a lot of fun to be on the bus with and different people like uh, Danny Bell Hall and Andre's sister Sandra who's still the pastor of their dad's church in Pacoima California which is LA so it was a, it was a great experience to be with him for uh, those four years and work on records I'd never done records before we did a record called Take Me Back which is the first time I really arranged 
horns and strings for anything. And he was impressed that I had a degree in, in music. So he asked me if I could do it. And I, I didn't really lie because I could do it, but I'd never done it before for a big recording like that. But you know, you hire great players and everything sounds good. So you got to start, so, you got to start somewhere. Why not start with the best? <laughs> I started at the top, and here I am now. Uh, I mean, Andre Koch's shows must have been, like, just full of energy, right? I mean, it just looked like a pretty, pretty good-sized band. and Good-sized band, a great band, uh, great crowds. Some of the, you know, uh, the, it, was a, it was a black gospel group. The only two white guys in it were Bill Maxwell and myself. He played drums, and he produced Andre's stuff. So, um, you know... We played predominantly, I'd say, white audiences. And in the South, the best crowds were the best ever. We played the quartet convention, I think, 1972. Uh, and Elvis came. He was supposed to sing, well, he didn't. But they thought Andre was a French guy, Andre Crouch. Mm, yeah. And there was like, what the? <laughs> a black group. But they, they loved his music, so it was okay. Did that, did that, and where were you living at this time? Were you still in Texas when you hooked uh, we up? We were living in, well, we, when we traveled, we lived in L.A. for a while. That's where he, he lived. We lived in L.A. for a while, but then we moved back to Dallas, where my wife's from, and I, I lived when I was at North Texas, and uh, because L.A. was not a great place, you know, and she had family. So I just fly out, meet the bus, and travel around and fly home. So that worked out fine for about three years until we kept having kids and I just couldn't do it anymore. So, well, and you, you sort of weigh the priority of life and, and music. And, um, when did, when did the, um, when did the Easter sunrise service deal start? Uh, and tell everybody what that, I mean, if they don't know you, yeah, that, that was a wonderful thing that started in 19. Well, let's see. Uh, actually it just got canceled today oh. <laughs> for this year. Uh, unfortunately, but um, I, we've done it for 14 years. It, it had gone on for 42 years straight. That we do a Easter sunrise service at the Lincoln Memorial every year, and uh, for the past 15 years, or maybe this would have been the 15th year for Kathy and I to be, my wife and I to be there. It's just an amazing service to see uh, full orchestras, choir, great singers. Uh, full message, gospel message, and uh, we believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and he's coming back again. You see the sun, and we were facing the Lincoln, so the people are looking out from the Lincoln to the Washington Monument and the Capitol, and the sun is coming up over the Capitol, and then the Washington Monument. But it starts in the dark. Used to start about six twenty in the morning, and you have about ten thousand people there. It's it's completely packed. So, but unfortunately, with where we're at today, they just canceled it this morning. So oh. uh, they they tried to hold out to think. Well, maybe there's possible it can, but it just yeah didn't happen. Well, I hope that we can get that back again, and I'd I'd love to see that in person. That that sounds oh, like such did. a you need to come. Yeah, you need to come and uh, bring your family because it's it's a incredible thing. And I encourage anyone next year, 2021, we will do it, Lord willing, if we're all still here. So, right. uh, <laughs> well, what is and and uh, what is your 
so so you you say you do digital performer um do you and, and i don't i don't blame you for sticking with what you know because i mean the tr- yeah. tracks you sent me were, were great they were perfect um, well the, the all the all the great platforms logic pro tools digital performer nuendo cubase you know it's funny cubase and uh what was the key oh casio you know, they were they were kind of a joke in the '90s, okay. But now they're rock solid and cute. And Casio has killer keyboards now, so it's funny. Yeah, I mean, when you start back then, there was no audio. Obviously, there was MIDI. In 1988, I got my first little um, what was it? Mac Classic. I think it was a Mac Classic too, with like a four-inch screen, black and white. And we do I do MIDI tracks. I had a Korg M1 and that was it. So I do, I'd be able to do eight tracks and uh, that was pretty hot, but now it's, they're all great programs. They're basically the same. A lot of film guys use digital performer on the front end. Right. Um, I, I just took the, uh, Oh, who's the guy that the music guy that d- does all of uh Batman and uh, Pee-wee's Great Adventure. And, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman, thank you. I just have been taking his course. He uses digital before. Oh, the master class. Yeah, the master class. Yeah, we, we've got that free. Which is fun. Yeah, it looks looks good. Yeah. I, I need to, I need to try that out. What do you have? Um, I mean, you said you had a lot of stuff kind of put on hold right now because of traveling is 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 kind of off for a lot of people. But what what is uh, some of the things that are in your on the books, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, last fall, my wife and I started on a new kind of uh, track. We started about a year ago. We started raising and go overseas. It's something I've done all my life, but not in that, not in the last really 25 years or so to a great extent. Um, so last fall we did a nine week tour in 2019. Uh, we started in Turkey for two weeks doing street ministry, doing music, and sharing the gospel on the street in Turkey. And in Turkey, you don't really ask permission. Uh, it's a pretty hardcore Muslim country. And uh, so you just set up and you hope for the best. And most of the time it was great. A couple of times the secret police came and took our passports. Oh, and my. They, went, they wanted to know what we were doing. But we had people with us that kind of said, you can't do that. Well, they can, but they gave them back. So... We did two weeks there. We did two weeks in Egypt. Most of that was in churches and schools because we landed on Yom Kippur, which is the anniversary of the Six-Day War, and also the day that Syria attacked northern uh, Iraq again. And uh, then we went from uh, Egypt to Albania. We did two more weeks of street ministry there. And that's a much more amenable country, although it's mostly Muslim. There's about 80% Christians there. And uh, we went from there, and we did a week in Lagos, Nigeria, at a church. Incredible musicians at this church. I did. Uh, I had two different bands. I had a concert Saturday night with one band, and then I played a church service Sunday morning with another complete band. Both bands memorized my music. And if anybody's familiar with my jazz tunes, they're not terribly easy so they memorized about 10 different uh songs of mine you know, it was very fun and we ended up in two weeks in south africa in pretoria at a uh, music school 
at a township, uh, Shawane School of Music, which is about a 200 strong kids uh, in a township there. Very poor, great music school, though, just ministering to these kids for free. And we did a benefit concert um, on the last night we were there. You know, I definitely want people to know how to how to find out about this. So do you do you, yeah. how, how do you how do we how do how can people get involved and, and help support um, you? Well, we're with we're with a a group called Artists and Christian Testimony. I worked uh, with them. I yeah, mean, I can I can send you a link link if people want to know more. Both my email, a little video about what we do, as well as a giving link giving link if people want to give to our ministry because we're. Uh, We've had three trips postponed, as, as I mentioned earlier, to um, Costa Rica, uh, mm-hmm. to Cuba, and also I was going to Paris to speak at the National Baptist Convention there. They have Baptists in France, and uh, because next fall we're planning a big uh, music tour there, taking a jazz group to uh, France and uh, Switzerland to do music ministry on the street there. Uh, so we're, we're, we've got big plans and we're going back to South Africa in late August and Nigeria. So, so yeah, I'm happy to send you links for all this stuff. Jeff, you can get them out to folks if they're Yeah, definitely. I've, I've, I've done some things with ACT also. Um, oh, cool. Great. Great. Byron's a oh, great yeah. guy and, and I've done some trips for them and, um, that's, that's great. And I, I hope that we can continue cause I think that's what's needed, um, I mean, we love doing it because you get around the world and you find out people are hungry for the gospel. I mean, my wife w- went with me on this nine week trip and all the Muslim girls in these countries would come up to her and said, Oh, do you like Muslims? Do you hate us? You know, from America. And, and they, they were just delightful, you know, and she, she's delightful. And uh, so they form friendships. We have tons of Facebook friends now in Turkey and, Egypt and Albania uh, from that. And so it's, it's an incredible world. We we're we're anxious to go back and, and we will. Well, I, I, I hope so. And I, and I feel that feel it, that it will happen. Um, thank you for being uh, on this chat with me. Also just being a part of this uh, project. Uh, it's a blessing for my dad. You know, it's, oh, uh, he's, He's got something really cool here. Obviously, he's just trying to be true to the text of the Book of Acts, really, yeah. um, but just make it uh, interesting. And your musical um, contribution um, uh, brought it to a whole new level. Um, and it's it's well, uh, it was an honor to play on and to write some parts. And Mark Gothit, yep, is yeah. playing sax on it, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's so, sax. Yeah, not a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, that that guy. And Barry, and uh, so. That's how we do things. I record in Austin, and he records there uh, where you guys are. And, That's uh, right. So I believe you, you know your dad is an incredible musician, and I believe this project has a lot of longevity, and uh, we're, we're praying for that, that people are going to hear it, and it'll, it'll get out to where it's supposed to be. Well, thank you, Fletch. I appreciate it. I, I hope that the everything goes well out there in Austin. Say hey to the good old H-E-B and uh, get some... <laughs> Some yeah. Bill Miller's Taco Cabana Whataburger. You didn't bring me a Whataburger either, but whatever. Oh, man. No, we'll send you a Whataburger. And Guero's, did you go to Guero's? Oh, absolutely. Carolina? Yeah. Okay. It's it's cleaned up a lot since you were there. Okay, man. It was a very scary part they, of South. They chased the hippies away, so I'm kind of sad <laughs> about that. But, well, we still have a lot of family uh, out there, and, and when we yeah. can, we, I, we'll definitely 
need well, to call just call us if you get down here, man. We'll we'll, we'll take you. We'll, we'll get you a Whataburger. Yeah, get a Whataburger. Hey, maybe we'll let's let's try to do a show or something. That'd be great. That'd be great, man. Awesome. Come on. Well, hey, I appreciate it, and uh, I'll let you let you scoot. Okay. God bless you. Say hi to your dad. I feel a celebration. Come